Greetings, family, and welcome to today's message. Um, I trust that uh, God will continue to pour His grace into your life. I trust that our Heavenly Father will continue to bless you. May His blessings for you overtake you. May His anointing, may His power be upon your life. The title is Live Your Life. I remember when I was a young person and um, whenever I asked for things from my parents, i.e. things that I assumed were my rights, things that I thought I deserved and my parents said no, I would very often say I cannot wait until I grow up so that I may live my life, so that I may live the time of my life because my parents are sort of holding me from living my life. So my message this morning is live your life. And many of us want to live our lives. And even today, teenagers will ask their parents for things, want to go out or whatever. And the parents say, you cannot go. And the child says, stop wasting my life. Stop preventing me from having a job. So today I am sharing on this topic, living your life. As I said, there's a way that the world looks at living your life. When someone is doing well, when someone is living a flamboyant life, when someone is living a carefree life, when someone is achieving things, when someone is going on a holiday, often going to places, being everywhere, you'll hear people say, this person is having a time of their life. This person is living their lives. And you all want to live a life. You all want to live a life that overflows. But there's a way that God looks at living a life. There's a way that a believer is supposed to look at living a life. There's a way that God looks in heaven down upon us and says, this is the life that pleases me. This is the life that I'm seeing in you living that pleases me. So today's message is really about living your life, living your life as God desires. So let's turn our Bibles to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 to 2. This is the way that God wants us to live our lives. The Bible says, therefore, imitate God like dearly loved children. Live your life with love, following the example of Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. He was a sacrificial offering that smelled sweet to God. This is where our message is taken from, that God wants us to live a life with love. Our lives should be a life with love, not a life with luxuries, not a life with achievements, but we should live a life with love. This is my message today, that we should live a life with love. Other version says, live a life full of love. May your life be full of love. May your life, wherever you go, may your life be demonstrative of the love of God. And the Bible here says, imitate, imitate your father like dearly loved children. You are dearly loved by God. God so loved you so much that he chose, he decided to make you his children. Yes, you are his children. There is no doubt about it. You are God's child. That is why First John chapter 3 verse 1 says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us. 
in that we should be called God's children. Yes, indeed, that is what we are. We are God's children. God lavished his love on us. God poured his love on us because he dearly loved us, because he's a God of love. So Paul in Ephesians says, imitate your father, imitate your father who is love. And he says again in Colossians chapter 3 verse 12, therefore it's God's chosen people. You are God's chosen person, you are God's love person, you are God's precious possession, you are God's royal priesthood. The Bible says, therefore as God's chosen people, holy you are holy before God and dearly loved. Child of God, never forget that you are daily love. Therefore, as you appreciate that you are daily love, you'll begin to live a life that is loving. You'll begin to live a life that is caring. Child of God, what is this love? This love forgives. This love is the love that we should live. This life, rather, is a life that brings forgiveness. This love binds all together, binds us all together. It is through this love that we are bound together in unity, in perfect harmony. That is why Paul says, live your life with love. Live a life flowing with love. Live a life that has an aroma of love. Glory to Jesus. Why love? Because love removes fear. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, it says there are three things that will last forever. It is faith, it is hope, and it is love. These will last forever. However, the greatest of them, the greatest of them is love. That is why Paul says, live a life full of love. Live a life full of love. Because love endures forever. Love unites us. Love brings harmony. Love removes fear. Glory to Jesus. And Galatians chapter 5, 14, he says, For the whole law, the entire law, can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourselves love one another. Everything that the law is goes back to love and is hinged on love. Jesus commands us to love. He's about to go to be crucified and he says to his disciples, he says in the book of John, John chapter 13 verse 34, he says, a new command I give you. You've heard many commands that I've given you, but here is a new command I'm about to leave you. Here is a new command that I give you. I give you this command that you love one another, love one another. So what is Jesus saying? He's saying, let us love one another, just like Paul was saying, live a life of love. And Jesus points this love to one another. He points this love to our neighbor. He points this love to those around us. I know, child of God, it is very difficult in this world to have an appreciation of what this love is because it is the same love that is everywhere in the Bible that Jesus demonstrated, that Jesus showed, but the world rejected him. This is the love that the world has rejected. Do you know that if the world loved like Jesus did, 
Things will be so different. If we love like the way Jesus loved, things will be different. There'll be no murder. There'll be no divorce. There'll be no sexual abuse. There'll be no physical abuse. All would be well. All would be well. They'd be sharing. So Jesus says to his disciples, this is a new command I'm giving you, that you as my disciples, I want you to love one another. This is a new commandment. And he says it again in the same book of John. He says it in chapter 15, verse 12. He says, this is my command. Love each other just as I have loved you. Jesus says, you've seen my walk. You've seen me conduct myself. You've seen me show love. I want you to now love each other like you have seen me love. That is why even Paul says, use Christ as an example. Use Christ to see what it is to love, what it is to care, what it is to love. And Jesus demonstrates this in his entire ministry. There are so many examples in the Bible where Jesus demonstrates loving other people. He laid his life for us, but he demonstrates it in his walk a number of times in the Bible. And one such time is the disciples are about to send the multitudes away. They are hungry. They've been with Jesus for a few days. And Jesus says, I love these people. I love them so much. I cannot let them go. Let me feed them. He feeds them. A woman one time is brought to him. They want to stone her. And Jesus says, I love this woman. I did not come to condemn. I came to save life. Woman, I love you so much to allow people to stone you. I care so much for you. Go sin no more. While Jesus was being nailed on the cross, while they were mocking him, while they were dividing his clothes, while they were doing all sorts of things, spitting on him, he says, I love them so much, my God. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. This is the love that Jesus is speaking about. He says to his disciples, you have seen me love. I want you to love like I have loved. And he's about to go and lay his life for us. And John later in one of his books says, this is what love is. Jesus laying his life for us. What does this love look like? How should we walk a life that is with love. How should we walk a life that overflows with life? We walk this life by forgiving those that sin against us, those that want to cause harm on us. We forgive them because we know that our Father loved us so much that He forgave us our sins. So if someone does something bad, to me, I need to forgive him because I'm forgiving him out of love. This love that Jesus is speaking about is love that is patient. We need to be children of God that are patient. God looks down from heaven and says, are you patient because I am patient with you? God desires us to live a life that is a life 
of patience that will be patient with people no it's okay my brother next time it shall be okay no my sister it is fine next time it shall be okay because you are seeing this person in the eyes of God you are seeing this person through eyes of love love walks on forgiveness as I said love walks on forgiveness love does not hold anything wrong against people it does not keep a record of what people have done because God never kept a record God never keeps a record of the things that we have done so this love that Jesus wants us to walk it is love that is patient it is love that is forgiving it is love that keeps no record in the book of Hebrews the Bible says he will never again remember our sins or and our lawless deeds he will never again so why do we want to keep a record of those that have wronged us this is the love that jesus is commanding us this is the love that paul is telling us to live because we are god's children we've got god this side who's our father who loves us we've got jesus the firstborn and we are brothers and sisters in the spirit and we've got these two that showed love and we are part of that family therefore we should live a life that is demonstrating of love we should live a life that is demonstrative of love a psalmist in psalm 130 verse 3 says this lord if you kept a record of our sins who, oh Lord, could ever survive? Who, oh Lord, could ever stand? Who, oh Lord, has a chance? If you just for a moment took out your pen and started keeping a record of our sins, of our wrongdoing, who would? So why do we, children of God, why do we keep a record of the best things let me say to you let's rather keep a record of the good deeds that the father has shown us of the good miracles of the breakthroughs that god has shown us of all the blessings that is why the bible says count all the count all your blessings let us start keeping a record of all the goodness of god of all the good deeds of god but not a record of those that have wronged us you know people will forgive but they quickly remember that remember you did it the last time no when you love you forget you forgive and you move on glory to jesus this love is love that doesn't break this love is love that has humility this love is love that doesn't go around showing off what the lord has done for you let us move on this love that we are supposed to live the bible says in everything do it with love whatever you do do it with love first corinthians chapter 16 verse 14 the bible says and do everything with love whatever you do 
do it with love. That is why Paul says, live your life, live a life full of love. Live your life with love. Live your life, a life that sends an aroma to God. A life, whatever you do, whatever you touch, do it with love. When you are serving, serve with love. Because the Bible says we have been given freedom. Let us not use this freedom to, to indulge in sinful impulses. But let us use this freedom to serve one another in love. When you are serving in church, serve with love. When you are serving at work, serve with love. When you are serving in your community, serve with love. Not with grudges, not with the complaint, but serve with love. When you give, give with love. When you are giving, don't give grudgingly. Give with love, child of God, in everything that you do. Do it with love. It sends an aroma to God. And God says, this is my beloved child. This is my child whom I love. Glory to Jesus. Child of God, as you walk this life, as you walk this life, may your life in everything, may your footsteps, may your footprints, may your fingerprints be fingerprints that have a common factor and that common factor is love. How is this love supposed to be lived? This love is to be executed without pretending. Romans 12 verse 9, the Bible says, love should be shown without pretending. Love should be genuine. Love should be from the depth of your heart. Love should not be fake. Life, love should be real. Because child of God, you cannot fake love until it becomes real. Fakeness eventually shows up. You cannot put a facade. You cannot make a facade. You cannot make love a facade. Love needs to be genuine. Love needs to be sincere. Even Jesus demonstrated that his love for us was sincere. His love for us was genuine because even when he went to the cross and his soul was grieved, he says, Father, let your will be done, not my will. He still pushed on because his love for us was genuine. That is why he could lay his life. Child of God, many of the problems on earth would be eliminated if we loved genuinely. And I'm talking to us as believers. Let us begin to love genuinely. Let us begin to love from the depth of our heart. The message uh, version of Romans 12 verse 9 says, From love from the center, from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Love must come from the center of who you are. Love must come from the center. Don't fake it. Glory to our Jesus. This love I'm talking about is love that is uh, uh, shown without expecting anything in return. When you live this life of love, you give love without expecting anything in return. The Bible says, 
the message version of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, but more to the one that we open with. This message version says, His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He did not love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Then it says, love like that. The love must not pop out in expectation of something in return. Child of God, let us be examples to this world. Let us not love expecting something in return. The world loves because they expect something in return. I will love you so long as I can get something from you. I will not love you because there's nothing I can get from you. I will love you because there's something I can get in return from you. But the message by version says he did not love expecting, but he loved and gave everything. This is the love that we are supposed to live on this earth. This is the love that sent an aroma, an aroma to God. And God says, that is my child. That is the one I love. So child of God, let us begin to love without expectation. Pour out without expectation. One day in the Bible, a lawyer comes to Jesus with a view to test him and he says, Jesus, what must I do if I want to receive eternal life? And Jesus says to him, love the Lord and love your neighbor. And this lawyer continues wanting to put Jesus in a corner and also find an excuse for himself. He says, who is my neighbor? And Jesus responds by giving him an answer in a parable. And there's a famous parable that's been coined the Good Samaritan parable. Where a Samaritan walking down on his journey, wherever he was going, he sees a man who he does not know from above. So, and he sees that this man has been robbed. This man has been badly beaten up. And the Bible says, but his heart went out for him. His heart, that's why love needs to come from the center. His heart went out for him. He did not know him. He then stopped his journey and went and attended to this man. He gave him first, first aid. He cleaned him up. He put him on, he banished him. He put him on his donkey, took him to an inn and made, made sure that he was comfortable and said to the keeper of the inn the following day, here are two pieces of coin. Please look after him. I'm going away, but when I come back, I will make sure I stop over here and pay whatever is owed. If this two pieces is not enough, I'm coming back to pay. This man did not know this man from a bar of soap. He did not expect when he came back to find this man and expected thank you. He just poured his love to this man he did not know without expecting anything in return. This is the love that God wants us to, to demonstrate. This is the love that is not expectant of a thank you because the reward comes from heaven. This is the love that as children of God we're expected to live. Live your life. Live your life, child of God, with love. And this is the love that I'm sharing about. This is the love that I'm speaking to you about. This love 
does not discriminate. Glory to Jesus. This love does not discriminate. It's an, it's an extension of expecting something in return, but it, uh, it, it does not discriminate. Jesus says the one time, if you love those that love you, how can you be commended for this? Because even sinners love those that love them. If you do good only to those who do good to, to you, how can you be commended? Because even sinners do good to those that do good to them. He then says in Luke chapter 6 verse 35, Instead, love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. If you do, you will have a great reward. Glory to Jesus. If you do that, you'll get a great reward. Because sinners love those that love them. Sinners will not love an enemy. Sinners will not do good to someone who does not do good to them. They will return evil with evil. Child of God, let us be exemplary in this world that is so much in need of love, that is so much in need of seeing love demonstrated. Let us not return evil with evil, but let us love even when evil is thrown at us. Let us love even our enemies. Solomon in Proverbs 24 verse 17, he says, when your enemies fall, don't rejoice. Because in as much as they may be your enemy child of God, they are God's children. When your enemies fall, don't rejoice. When they stumble, don't let your heart be glad. Child of God, let us be a people, I'm talking to all of us, let us not be a people that rejoices when our enemies fall. Let us not be a people that are glad when our enemies Istanbul. Let us be a people that embraces them, that loves them, that prays for them, that asks God to help them in Jesus' most precious name. I said to you, this is love that doesn't expect anything in return. This is love that doesn't discriminate. This is love that acts. This is love that is in motion. Child of God, it is easy to speak love, but it's another thing to act love. The book of 1 John chapter 3 verse 18 says, Little children, let us not love with words or speech, but with action and truth. Glory to Jesus. The story that Jesus shared of the Samaritan, there were two people that went before the Samaritan. There was a priest and there was a Levite. And I have no doubt that these people, these two people spoke, preached about love. But when it came to action, when they saw someone in need, they moved to the other side of the street, turned their eyes that way, and continued walking, continued walking. There was talk, but no action. Child of God, let us be children that love with action. Now you may be saying, I hear you, pastor, telling us about living a life that is overflowing with love. How can we do that? How do we do that? How do we begin to love our enemies? How do we begin to love without expecting anything in return? 
Let me say to you, child of God, you cannot love unless you have an appreciation of how much loved you are. That is why in the beginning I mentioned you are dearly loved. But I just want to take it a step further because you cannot give what you don't have. You need to have it in you, in abundance, in overflow before you can give and give consistently. We need to have a knowledge. We need to have an understanding of this love that I speak about when I say God loves us. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 17, And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. I pray that you being rooted and established in love, that you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. He says, I pray that you may have an appreciation of this love that is beyond understanding, of this love that is deeper than you can imagine, of this love that is higher than you can imagine, of this love that is wider than you can imagine. He says, I pray that being established in this love, you may grasp it. Because when you grasp it, child of God, you begin to show it. Because it is revealed to you. And when it is revealed to you, you begin to love those without thinking because you have an appreciation of how much loved you are. Romans chapter 8 verse 38 puts another dimension to it. It says, nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Absolutely nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Death or life cannot separate us from the love of God. The angels and rulers cannot separate us. The present things and future things cannot separate us. Child of God, nothing can separate us from the love that God has for us in Christ. So when you start to understand, when you start to appreciate that God loves you so much, that Jesus loves you so much, it is so deep, it is so wide, it is so high, you cannot imagine it, it's beyond comprehension, it is beyond understanding, but secondly, nothing shall separate us from him. Nothing shall separate us from, from his love. Therefore, you then begin to also love because you have a true appreciation of what this love is and you begin to pour it out as well. That is why I said to you, you cannot give what you don't have. You need to put it in so that you can begin to take it out from the inner part of your heart. You cannot do it otherwise. And here is the good thing as well. Here is the good thing. The minute you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in you. And the fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, etc. And you begin to show the fruit of the Spirit. Secondly, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, the Bible says, We have not been given a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power 
and love and patience. So child of God, very often people get stuck in power because they are hungering for power. I've not been given a spirit of fear. I've been given a spirit of power. And we stop there. But child of God, you've also been given a spirit of love. It is there. So begin to nature it. Because that is why Paul says, as you are grounded in this love, as you are rooted in this love, there is an aspect of this love in it. Begin to grow in it. Begin to grow in it. As you grow in it, you begin to pour it out to others. Glory to Jesus. And this love comes from God. First John chapter 4, verse 9 says, We love because God first loved us. We do not know what love is. You need to look up to God. And it is God that gives us. It is God that loved us first. We are not worthy of loving. So when I begin to understand that, I can see someone that is not worthy of loving and begin to love them. I can begin to show love to someone because I know that nothing shall separate me from the love that God has for me. I know that the love of Christ for me is beyond measure. First John chapter 4 verse 16 says, We have known and have believed the love that God has for us. We have known and we have believed. You need to believe that God loves you before you can begin to love others. Before you can show the love that God is talking about. The love that is not a fake. The love that is genuine. The love that doesn't discriminate. The love that doesn't care whether I get something in return. The love that serves without expecting anything in return. The love that gives without expecting anything in return. When you get to that stage, child of God, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, it speaks of Christ's love that controls us and compels us. When you get to that stage, you are compelled. You are compelled. It, it becomes an automatic thing. You are compelled to love. You are compelled to love. You are compelled to demonstrate this, this love to others. You are compelled to love like you've never loved before. You are compelled. It compels you. It compels you. May this love, may once you have a revelation of the love that Jesus has for you, may it compel you to love others. I said to you, you've been given a spirit of love. And you can grow the spirit. You can grow the spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and dwells in you. When you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. And. The Holy Spirit's fruit. Is love. Joy. Peace. Kindness. Gentleness. Etc. So the Holy Spirit begins. To bear the fruit. You don't bear the fruit. But the Holy Spirit. Bears the fruit. Jesus puts it clearly and vividly in John chapter 15 where he says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Then in verse 4, he says, Remain in me and I will remain in you. A branch cannot produce fruit by itself but must remain in the vine. Likewise, you cannot produce fruit 
unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, then you will produce much fruit. Without me, you cannot do anything. Child of God, this is the defining moment. You have the spirit of love in you. And for the spirit in you to grow, you need to abide. You need to remain in the vine. You need to remain as a branch on the vine because it is not the branch that produces. It is the vine that causes the branch to produce. That is why Jesus says, without me, you cannot produce. We need more Jesus in us to be able to produce the fruit that is expected of us. The fruit, and not just some fruit, but much, much more fruit. So if we abide in Jesus, if we remain in Jesus, then we will begin to love like he did. Then we will begin to care like he did. Then we will begin to lay our lives for people like he did. Then we will begin to preach the gospel like he did. Glory to Jesus. Then we will begin to care for people. Glory to him. He continues to say in verse 8, My Father is glorified when you produce much fruit. And in this way, you prove that you are my disciples. In this way, but abide in me so that through me you can produce fruit. You cannot produce fruit if you are not attached to me. He says in other verses, he says, a branch that is cut off, a branch that is not attached, with us dies and is thrown into the fire. So, child of God, you may have been asking, as I said earlier on, how do I grow in this love? There is only one way to grow in this love, by abiding, by remaining in the one that loved you and laid his life for you, in the one that came and died for your sins. By abiding in him, by remaining in him, child of God, there is no other way. Then it will not be fake love, then it will not be a facade, then it will not be love that expects something in return, but it will be genuine love that comes from the inner part of you, that comes from the center of you. Glory to Jesus. Let us live a life that is full, that smells of love, genuine love, and nothing else. Then our world, our families, our workplace, our businesses, our universities, our schools, our governments, our departments, our municipalities will be completely different if we all began to love genuinely without jealousy, without judging, without expecting anything in return. I thank you. Before we close, I just want to welcome anyone that wants to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Maybe you've never made Jesus Lord over your life. Here's an opportunity for you. All you do wherever you are, just say this prayer with me. Jesus, I thank you that you went and died for me on, on, on the cross. I am a sinner. Today I accept you as Lord 
my sins are washed away. Today I'm a new creation. Today I start a new life. And I thank you, Jesus, that today I'm born again. I thank you in Jesus' most precious name. Amen.